Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you, the listener, to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 136. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hashdash. Currently, consumers leverage multiple online resources to research, find, and purchase cannabis products. Hashdash has created a single source for education, products, brands, dispensaries, and takes it one step further by pairing users with products that match their profile and needs through their unique matching algorithm, the smartest way to search and match with cannabis products. Sign up for their free beta release at hashdash.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter at hashdash and on Instagram at hashdash.com. Will Moore joins today's episode, a serial entrepreneur, speaker, life coach, and happiness expert. After exiting his delivery startup for $323 million in 2019, Will confirmed what he'd spent the past 25 years researching. True happiness isn't about money, power, or fame. It's about figuring out what makes you happy and taking consistent action on those things every single day. We dive into aligning yourself with happiness and finding true balance in your journey. I hope you all enjoy our conversation and find a lot of value in it. Will, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Super pumped to have you on. Let me tell you something. I am beyond pumped. I am beyond psyched. I am ready to roll. Let's do it, man. Thank you for having me. I love it. I love it. Taking taking one step ahead. So let's jump into your origin story because it led to your findings that now you share with the world around true happiness and consistent action. Bring us into chapter one. Will chapter one. 
Well, Scott, um, yeah, I'll give you the the condensed three three minute version. Um, you know, Will Chapter One. I was born. I was actually it was it was Rocky Chapter One. I was born Rocky. My full name is Rocky Clay Wooten Thomas Moore. I'm son of two hippies. Uh, my my mom. They both came from pretty straight laced families. Actually, my my mom's father was a general in World War Two. Um, she rebelled. Needless to say, he boycotted the wedding and didn't speak to her for ten years. Um, one place they were stationed at was Hawaii, my mom and, and, and her family when he was in the army. Um, and he, they, Honolulu and they loved it. And when she became a hippie and I was born in Pasadena, California, they're like, Hey, where should we live? Like Hawaii sounds good. She's like, I've been there. I've done that. So we lived there. Um, my sister lived in a van for the first two years. And then I, when I was born, we'd upgraded to a, a roach kind of infested little apartment. We didn't have a lot of money, but back then, you know, you're a kid who cares. Right. And I just remember playing. I actually had a pretty good childhood um, until I started to get a little older. And when I was seven, it, it started to, I started to kind of feeling like the outsider a little bit because there was local Hawaiians there. We were the only white kids in our school. We were in a, a poor area of Honolulu, which most people don't associate. They think, isn't Honolulu where everybody goes to play vacation? But like anywhere, there's, you know, there's bad areas and bad neighborhoods. And um, we were kind of the outsiders, but we kind of made our way. And, you know, by the time I was seven, I felt like, you know, all right, I've got my groove and we've got our friends. and but then we uprooted. My dad went on a trip around the world. My mom needed financial help um, with the two kids. So we actually moved to Washington, D.C., Bethesda, Maryland, to be closer to my grandparents, who were then, um, you know, he was obviously retired by then. And, you know, they he'd forgiven my mom and they were reconciling. And so we were kind of, they were a role model. They were in my life at that point and we got help from them. But I, again, I was, I was this outsider. I was completely, I, I spoke pigeon. I had hair down to here with the crop, you know, just the bowl cut where my mom would, would self cut it. I wore overalls. I mean, I looked nothing like these kids. I, we moved into like a suburban neighborhood and, and Bethesda, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's about as suburban as it gets and all these soccer moms and whatnot. And they were just looked at me and they're like, who is this kid named Rocky? Right. Coming in. And, uh, I spoke pigeon, you know, my, my slang, I, I actually, cause I'd been in Hawaii my whole life. And so the slang for the locals was, they call it pigeon. And, uh, I spoke a lot of that and I just didn't fit in and I had a tough time flash forward. You know, there's a lot of examples of, of, of the way I struggled and, and it just never found my group. I, I transferred high schools in the middle of high school. I transferred to a new one, but it, that, the new one was just as bad. Cause they got wind that like, Oh, Will was this loser and he had no friends. And I was like trying to start fresh and it's like, Nope, everybody knows that you're a loser and you have no friends and you're transferring because you're trying to get away from it all. And then by the time I got to college, I was your typical victim. Life sucks. It's out to get me. Like there's nothing I can do about it. Maybe I'll hit the lottery one day and, and everything will be great. Right. And so I, had this perf- I threw myself into studies. I didn't get into the fraternity. I was like, okay, if I could just get into this fraternity, like then I'll be accepted and I'll be cool. And every single person on my entire floor got into the fraternity, like all the new recruits, the, the freshmen that came in. And I, I'll never forget. I remember them celebrating like the night they all got their bids. And I was like, hot. I turned my lights off in my room, locked my door and like, just try to be really quiet so that people wouldn't knock on my door and be like, Hey, well, what fraternity did you get into? And be like really embarrassed. Like I didn't get into one. So I just threw myself into studies and was like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I happened to have this professor that I really admired. He was a young guy. He was cool. He was like that guy, like that teacher, like, I want to be like that guy. 
And he's talking one day and giving a, a, a lecture. And he says, by the way, I just happened to read this book when I was young. It was called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Changed my life. Pretty much set the stage for who I am today. Anywho, and I just didn't hear a word he said after that. Immediately locked in, wrote the name of the book down, went straight to the school library when class ended. And sure enough, they had it. Had they not had it, I wonder how my life would have turned out. But that's what started the complete shift in my entire life. I read this book and I said, okay, there's a different way to look at the, at the world. There's these principles. And if I can use them to my advantage, like I didn't know this whole world existed. I'm like, okay, there's a different way I can look at life. There's hope for the first time. And I kind of made a commitment, like I am going to reinvent myself. And that's, that's basically the start of it. And that's what I did. And now here I am 25 isn't, years later. Isn't, isn't that amazing? The, those pieces that are just so small, that was the spark to a giant forest fire. Right. Yep. And I think that, that, that's super I do a lot of self-reflecting and I always think about those little moments had the timing been off, had I been late or, and I never can be late. I have to be 15 minutes all the time. It's that control part of me. And, um, it's just those, those little things that, geez, if that went a little different, where would I be today? Which also inspires you to do that exploration because there's those little pieces hidden everywhere that you can, you can grab and there, there's something there was throughout my childhood, my parents got divorced at a, at a really young age and I had a wonderful stepfather that stepped in and he always said something that really stuck with me. And he said, no matter what you have, make sure to properly take care of it, especially those things that you worked so hard for. And I don't mean that in physical things too, as well. He meant much, much broader and bigger. And I remember saving up enough money when I was 15, 14 or 15 to purchase my first dirt bike. And before every ride, I'd check the chain, I'd check the tire pressure, I'd check the spark plugs, the oil every time. And after every single ride, I'd scrub the thing down and I'd check it once again. I'd go through everything once again. And I like to think of our mind like any piece of equipment and especially something you've worked so hard to build and because it means that it's firing on all cylinders right that that things are maintained and running at optimal performance when we think about those cylinders of our life what core areas exist that when properly addressed can greatly increase our happiness because the cylinders are firing in a cohesive manner that's that's very well said yeah and that's, that's exactly what I, you know, it took me a long time to figure out, you know, so that was the first stage. And then 25 years later, I just started using myself as a human science experiment. Like you said, that was the spark. I call it my rock bottom bounce. Like it was like either, I was basically suicidal at that point. I did have, I mean, I, I was, I, I didn't actually attempt suicide, but I would think about it a lot. Um, and it was the spark that sort of said, okay, let's go. And I just started using myself as a human science experiment. I became an insatiable self-help beast, just devouring every book I could get my hands on. I read, I think every book that was in the library at the time and, uh, just said, okay, let's figure this out and would test things, see how, like would read something, test it out in the world see how, you know, see how it went. And then I would come back and I would take notes. I'm a crazy note taker. I mean, if you saw the notes I've had over the last 25 years, I mean, I'm even scared to see how many, cause a lot of them are now digital, but if they were all paper, I mean, it would be, 
Um, and we just write all this stuff. And we just like constantly just like craving this mission to figure out what it is that makes you happy. And what are the core elements that you need to focus on and find balance in and keep building in. And, you know, it, it's taken me a long time, but I feel like I've, I've definitely figured those out and they're your five cores. And the whole key is to stop the failure habits that you've developed in each of these cores and replace them with success habits so that you can build that momentum. And like you said, fire on all cylinders. I love that. I love that. Cause I have seen over the years things that, so my, my grandmother was a smoker. And the only way that she could stop smoking or the journey to smoking was removing the cigarettes from the house. So there wasn't that temptation, but she would hide them in a place that she knew subconsciously they're still there as a safety, but they're out of sight, kind of out of mind type thing. And I do this in my own life all the time. I'm a person that because I'm energetic and 530 alarm goes off and I'm already driving my girlfriend crazy with just gabbing away and talking about everything for the day there there is just this this huge piece for me that i'm aware of those distractions and how easy i am to grab on latch on to those distractions that i make sure to remove them because it's easier and i know that the battle is going to be more difficult for me if those things are there for, so it, for example, I've got multiple screens here in my studio. And if I'm working on something that really is going to take a lot of my attention, I completely remove myself from, from the room or I flip it upside down on vibrate on the floor way behind me. Cause I know I'm going to be tempted to go and right. grab that damn cell phone. And rather than fighting my natural authentic self on those things, I remove some of those pieces, right? It's kind of the same thing we do in our house. Everybody likes uh, junk food, right? And we're very healthy eaters. And if there is junk food around, we're probably going to munch on it. And I'm probably going to stand in front of the refrigerator for five minutes thinking about that junk food. If it's not there, it's out of sight, out of mind. And I know it's a, a, a piece a habit that I already have that I can create a, a positive habit around. And what are, for you, what are the, what are, what does the removal of those triggers look like in your life? Well, clearly you've read a little James Clear Atomic Habits, which, you know, when I, when I read that book, it, it was like, the part it was like the heavens open and the light shine down it was like it, it all culminated i'd already been like working all the, all this stuff and i just needed like this last little piece and habits it was part of what i was was talking about and doing like i've been in this book i've been writing over the last part of you know these notes and over the last 25 years and um you know waiting and hopefully we'll publish within the next year or so it's just it's just so much it's overwhelming and i've got other things and aspects of the business i'm trying to help people with but anyways so habits, right. It, it, it all just came together when I read that and what you were just describing, you know, for those that haven't read it, you know, he, he's, he's a master at kind of showing you, look, there's your, your brain, you, we've got these lizard brains, these dog brains, however you want to look at it. Like at the end of the day, we're prime, prime, um, you know, going back to prehistoric days and when we were programmed to, to, think a certain or, or our brains work a certain way because it, it helped us to survive right things like uh making sure that you're surrounded by people and because if you were out by yourself then you get eaten by a saber tooth tiger so we have this deep need to be around people relationships um stuff like you know uh, gaining money and status 
and 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 being higher up in the clan right this whole like which is basically like what every single person these days seems to think is is the answer to happiness and success if i could just get enough money if i could just get enough fame enough likes on my instagram page and that tied back to you were able to procreate more reproduce you were safer your family you know you were able to kind of move have more food available to you and and the things that you needed to survive but so these things aren't really serving us like they used to in terms of how we're our brains are programmed to use them so it's like we're on this like more 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 i want more 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 i want this i want that but that's not actually serving us to make us happy so we got to kind of trick our brains and say here's what is going to make you happy and so yeah james clear does a cool job of sort of saying let's reduce the friction on the habits that we want to start the habits we wanted to develop right let's make them attractive let's make them sexy and, and interesting and, and want to do them. And then let's make the ones that we don't want to do invisible. Let's make them difficult so that it, it, it it's literally going against everything in us and it's creating more friction to, to do those. And so you just gave a perfect example of like putting, like I, I remember I used to eat Doritos and Oreos were my midnight snack. I'm a midnight snacker. And I just, got to the point where it started to finally show, you know, I'm, I'm 44 now and I was able to get away with it in my, my younger years. And then, you know, compounding effect, it started to show and started to grow my belly and whatnot. And so I realized I needed to replace it. But when you just say, Oh, you can't, willpower is not going to work, right? You got to actually put a system into place and just saying, Oh, I'm just going to stop eating that. But by removing it and getting it out of that eye level, when I went to the pantry, replacing it with mixed nuts and a, and a bowl of fruit, which is what I did. Then I got into the habit of that. And it doesn't happen right away. At first you're like, Oh, this doesn't quite taste as good. But then it's like, you get to the point where not only does it taste as good, it tastes better because you know that you're building momentum and you're, you're becoming healthier and happier and all these good things. That's perfect. That's perfect. And you, there was irony in what you said too, which I thought was interesting on the link on the fraternity. If I could just get into this fraternity, right. And then we, you also started talking about, that that idea is very much amplified in a lot of our lives. Like if I could just do this one thing, if I could just get this next thing. And I think I don't have any kids of my own, but I am surrounded by a lot of a lot of my circle does. And they were never ready for two things, marriage and having kids. There is no perfect time. And when you actually step back and go, when's going to be a good time then? You're like, uh, I there is never a good time for anything actually. And it's kind of like in business all the time too. One of our businesses is just constantly evolving because it's manufacturing and plus it's in a crazy uh, fast paced industry. And then you slap COVID on top of it and it's always, always morphing. And you sit there and you go, is now the right time to do it? And on some of those, uh, some of those questions have a good place in business. But some of the time when it comes to maybe someone who is, you know, a cancer to your organization or to other employees, that's very damaging to the system, the nervous system of the business. It's like, when is a good time though? Because we'll say, oh, it's tomorrow. Oh, it's next week. But tomorrow is going to be another set of things. Next week's going to be another set of things. If not now, when do these things change? And I've always found that very fascinating because I have been guilty of this many times over. I do not want to paint my myself as a, a perfect person. I'm very, very, very far from it. And I've learned these lessons through tough things on delaying and missing opportunity. 
or not being able to meet or interact with someone that could have completely changed the trajectory of my life and 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 absorb knowledge. And so those things are are very fascinating to me. And they go back to, like I said, your statement of if I just get into this this fraternity, then what? Your whole life changes? Like right. no, like it doesn't. And so that's interesting on your on your journey when you've had those moments where just that one little thing and just doing it now, because if not now, when 10 years turns into 15 years, turns into 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing that's, it's in our DNA to procrastinate, right? We want to use as little energy as possible because it served us well um, back when we were hunting, hunting and gathering. I mean, we needed as much energy as, as we could. And so it's, it's in our DNA to be lazy, to just want. And so now we can be right. And that it's becoming a, it's a very, we're at a precipice point, you know, and it's like technology is evolving, but there's no, there hasn't been really anybody overseeing technology to make sure, Hey, let's make sure that that's actually making people happier and healthier and helping their well-being, which is kind of what I'm trying to do with technology and science with some of the products that I'm developing. I have an app that's coming out and it's going to use those same addictive measures and the dopamine hits and stuff to actually get you to level up, not only on screen, but in your life. So when you level up on the screen, you have a rocket ship and you've got these five cores of your engine and each of them is, is the different course of your life, your mindset, your physical health, your relationships, your emotional health and giving back and your career and your finances. And you've got to maintain that balance. Like you were saying earlier, earlier and, and keep growing and building the habits in each and stopping the bad ones that you don't want. And eventually the idea is you want to be firing on all cylinders and then you'll be able to get to the next planet and the next galaxy. And you meet little aliens along the way. And there's little asteroid fields you got to fight through and you're upgrading your ship. And like, to me, like, that's, what's up. That's what it's about is, is kind of tricking your brain into wanting to take these actions. And like you, you've got, you've said your action, that's it. Like what you're saying right now, that's everything. And every second that you don't take an action decreases the chances it's, it's ever going to happen. Right. If you don't do it right then, because then there's all, like you said, there's always something. There's always going to be something that comes up. There's always, especially now in this day and age, you can hit a button, you can get whatever you want delivered. And there's a million things coming at you from every direction. So it's, it's actually, we're becoming less happy, even though technology is, is evolving in a lot of ways. And, you know, if, if we're not careful and we're not taking the right actions and we're not developing the right systems and strategies to sort of hold ourselves accountable and say, this is what I want out of life. These are my goals. This is what I currently am doing. These are the current habits that I have that I've developed. Are they in sync with that? No. Okay. We got to make some changes. I love one, the app I'm fascinated by because I, I adore technology. I think that with the advancements that we've seen in technology and not to go down a, a rabbit hole on that one, because I could go forever, but it's mu it's very much amplified a lot of the behavior that's already been there to your point about you know being a caveman back in the day or you know hunting and all of that survival it's always been wired in us and all of this technology that we do have it's so funny it's centered around this piece of like efficiency you have slack that's blown up asana that's blown up monday.com all of these things that allow you to operate at a higher capacity but there's one major piece that it always leaves out, and it's that balance piece on all of those cylinders in your life. And so for that reason, I think that you're onto something very, very fascinating and very intriguing because it's all about efficiency. How do I get more right. out and all of these other things? And then what are you working towards? Exactly. There's and such a misalignment. Right? right. Like, is that actually 
are you actually becoming more efficient towards something that's going to make you happier? Or is it just going to be one step where you go, oh, okay, I got that. Now, now what? Now what's next? Right, right, right. We are so quick to jump in to just check off the boxes rather than take a step back and say, what's my purpose? What's my driver? What's my North Star? And define that. I have a lot of a lot of people that will reach out to me and go, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what my purpose is. But they're so quick to just jump into things to just go, go, go. And it's the, I did a lot of things today. So that means that I was successful today rather than. Yeah. Is this really in alignment with your purpose and your being and, and what you actually want to do? Or is this something you're just doing because we're just, you know, I always find this fascinating. It's like a, a I heard my kids go home. Okay, yeah, I want to make sure. Yes. You're you're fine. It, it's like um a car that has a ton of horsepower, right? Uh, and I keep on giving, I'm not a mechanic, but I keep on giving uh, vehicle analogies, mechanical <laughs> analogies, but the you can have a thousand horsepower in a car, but if that car's tires does not grab traction, it's completely irrelevant and you burn rubber yeah. and you rip through the treads and the tires are junk. So Here's unless it. your action is matched up to your purpose and passion and direction and your North Star and exactly. where you want to go, then what is it for? Well, we love we love crossing to-dos off, but we, we also the majority I feel like of people. Um, I call it the five versus the 95 percenters, right? You're, you're just caught up in checking to do's you're, you're in tunnel vision and you're not seeing the big picture, uh, and, and you're not actually working towards the thing that's going to make you happy. And all of a sudden you lift up your head and you're like, wow, it's been six months since I talked to, you know, this good friend of mine. It's been a year since I've played golf, which I love. It's been two years since I've done a drawing and I, I used to draw all the time and I love it, right? Just these things that you just neglect and you start thinking this is what it's about. And, and again, I mean, society more than ever, it's, it's money, it's fame, it's how many likes you can get, how many, and everybody thinks that that's going to solve their problems. I'm here to tell everybody listening. It doesn't. Yes. Finance, finances is a part of it. It's one of your course career and finances. It's one half of one of your course, not even. And, and, but the way I look at the finance part of it is, you know, you got to get a certain amount of money to where, you know, again, going back to our, our, our primal selves, like in order to, to, we need our, our basic needs met. We need a roof over our heads. We need to be able to eat. We don't want to be stressing all the time where our next meal is coming from. So you got to get that. And yeah, if you want a nice house, if you want a nice car, sure. Those, those are healthy goals. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're constantly just chasing, and even if you hit that goal, it's going to feel good for 10 minutes. And then you're going to be like, okay, now what? Oh, now I need to go make another $10 million. And when I sold my company, you know, we exited for $321 million. I didn't get a check for $320 million. It was the many stages. We had investors and there was different people involved, but I got a, a large enough chunk of money to where I technically didn't have to work again for the rest of my life. And it felt amazing. It was a business I, I spent nine years building and I'm not going to lie. It felt fantastic. And like this big anchor was taken off of my shoulders and for about two to three weeks, I did all the things I'd wanted to do for the last, you know, several years. I went and played a lot of golf and I, I got massages and I just relaxed and I read and I was like, oh, but then it very quickly became now what? Right. And that was the best thing. And I knew that was coming. It just, it was a matter of how, because I'd already been reading all these books and stuff, but had I not known that I could very easily, like most people tend to do say, oh, there's this hole again. There's this void. How do I fill it? Just go make more money. Right. But that wouldn't have filled it. And I would have been chasing this false prophecy my whole life. It's back, it comes down to your legacy. Like, what are you going to do? What is, like you said, you're another star. Like, what's your purpose? Like, what do you, what fills your soul? And how are you building your life around that? 
And if you can incorporate helping other people into that, you got something sweeter than you and make money doing it. Priceless, priceless. And interesting here, if you are onto this, this humans, always, we always need a purpose. So even going back to, to our 101, where we started our origin story of a, a species of the human race, we had a purpose, right? We had to create offspring, right? We had to gather food. We had to hunt. We had to do all of those things. Those were the the purpose drivers for us back then. And of course, through evolution and, and all of these other things and whatever you believe in, there's always a purpose behind it. So it's very interesting that you said, hey, sold my company 323 million and, and then two weeks of playing golf and getting massages, doing this. And then all of a sudden I go, okay, um, what's next? And with that is what we need a reason for being. I mean, we, we, we think that- You're not growing, you're dying. You gotta be And growing. I love that, love that, love that. I always think of it like um, trees in the forest, right? You see them fight for light. And so the, the trees that fight for light will grow really skinny and really tall, really fast to get up. The only thing with that is they're very weak. Windstorm comes in, knocks them over, right? But they're all fighting for, for that life. And once they stop growing, all of those other trees grow past them, sucks out all the light. And how does a plant make food? Photosynthesis. It needs light. It needs purpose. It needs to grow. And if it's not growing, it's dying. Will, I love that you just said that. That's that's awesome. Well, that's um, it. It's everything, right? You can't, this whole, I'm just going to make enough money where I can sit on a beach and drink a pina colada. It doesn't exist, people. It does for two days, but you're then you're going to be bored. And you're like, now what? Like, you have to have something you're working towards. It's in mm-hmm. our DNA, like we were just talking about. It's primal. Like, there has to be a purpose. There has to be like, okay. And it, and and so here, let me show you this. This this sums it all up right here. I downloaded an app right after the app, uh, the iPhone came out way back in the day, and I was playing with the in the app store. There weren't many apps at the time. There was an app called the meaning of life mm-hmm. you clicked on the app and this is what it was i took a screenshot this is exactly what you saw it's no longer in the app store anymore it disappeared like not too long after that but i it, this hit me like a ton of bricks and it's everything we're talking about we strive for more because we feel dissatisfied we feel dissatisfied because we strive for more and it's this never-ending loop that we're in and at first i saw that and i remember being depressed and like wait so you're telling me that we're never going to really be happy. Like there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like we are constantly like, even when we reach a goal, then it's like, okay, I'm not satisfied. I want to strive for more. And then we're, we're striving for more. We're dissatisfied. And it's like this never ending. And I'm like, no, but then if you can understand that that's how we are built and programmed and you can use that to your advantage and basically continuing to build momentum every step of the way and every day and saying, okay, this is my goal. This is where I want to be. And knowing that it's going to feel great to reach it, but that you're just going to have to set another one after that. Mm. And that's life, right? Mm. And it's enjoying that time in between and it's enjoying the ride. And it's, it's not getting caught up in that. If I could just one day have $10 million and then it's like, you spend your whole life doing that. Maybe you get there. Most likely you never do. And then you've neglected all these other awesome parts about life that are just mm-hmm. passing you by. Mm-hmm. That's that's perfect. It is a thousand percent true. And I actually saw this with my, my grand grandfather. And I've actually seen this with uh, a lot of older individuals when they just stop moving all of a sudden their body starts to, you know, body in motion stays in motion, right? That, that classic saying deteriorate. And I saw it with my grandfather 
who's no longer around, but, you know, Vietnam vet, the most energetic person in the world, probably where I get some of my energy. And the day where he just stopped trying, stopped, there was no purpose. There was no, there was no passion. There was no light. There was no, none of it. And it was heartbreaking to watch someone who had all of that and was, the the muscle on the bone was all of that purpose and passion and energy. Right. And right when it slowed down for him, that all started to break down. The muscle started to to break away and he got frail and 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 just stopped. And I always find I don't know why. Well, no kind of why. In the United States, we we are not the most respectful people to our elders like in Europe or other places in the world, but they can teach you a lot about not taking opportunity, about regret and being 85 or 90 years old and thinking back to your point about the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Why would you want that? Why would you ever that means there's a there's a means to an end, which means that the word end is in there. If you want to be fearful or scared of something, that right there is very petrifying to know that, oh, well, once I get this $10 million or once I build this or once I do this, then that's it. Then then what? You're going to your point. It's wired in us. You're not going to break that idea, that 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 thing that's built into you. Like you're not going to all of a sudden pop wings out of your spine and jump off a building and fly tomorrow. It's just not realistic. You're not going to break who we are as a, a species. And so if that's the case, lean into that shit. Lean into right. it. Right. I love that. I love that. That's That's 100% right. And so, right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, what are we all here for? Like, mm-hmm. what's, well, why are we on this? Are we just like, you know, depending on your religion, I mean, you, you either live multiple lives or one, I, I tend to believe that probably just one. Um, and so I mean, in a way I, I like that I have that view. Cause it's like, I'm going to squeeze every drop of life and I'm going to be as happy as I possibly can in this one life. I'm not going to sacrifice my happiness and chase out after something that I think is going to make me happy. And then all of a sudden it comes down to the end and, and I'm being eulogized at my funeral. And there's only two people there. One of them is my mom. And, you know, it's like, huh, oh, well, he kind of blew it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's like, you got to go. We only, we only, we only go around, you know, once or, or multiple times, but live your best life you can and, and do those things that are going to make you the happiest. And to me, these five cores, we all share them and they are the things that make us the happiest when we're, growing in each of them, like we were just talking about. And when, and, and so it's like, okay, what are the failure habits that I've developed that go against the principles within each of these cores that have been around since the beginning of time are going to be around till the end. You can't cheat the system. Like you gotta, you gotta live your life by them. And if you're not, and you've got these failure habits, just like we're saying, like it's, it's, it's in our DNA to sit around and do this or to watch the screen or to eat Cheetos or, or bonbons or, you know, and, but that's, but and and if we just like are on autopilot doing that then all of a sudden these things start compounding and then you become less happy and then more out of shape and like you said the less you're moving both mentally physically like you you get in trouble and so it's about developing the habits of why do you keep doing that and if any of those things are off and that balance gets tilted is that destructive? Like do all five pieces of those cores, if you will, those pillars of our life or those cylinders going back to the beginning here, is it imperative that each of them were focused on? It's a great question. My answer is 
you don't need to be like every day of your life, like checking off, like, did I do my physical health? Did, did I do my mind? Did I grow my mindset today? Did I grow my relationship? Like it, there's too, it's too overwhelming. There's too much. The whole point is in general, like you want to, and I won't even give a specific time frame, but it's like, you want to make sure that you're aware of the, the things that you need to be doing within each core that, that are going to make you the happiest, whether it's one-off items or the habits you're developing and you're continually working and building and growing and you have goals within each of those towards those. And, you know, if you neglect one for a little while, like, let's say you're starting a new business, right? I mean, we, we know how that is. And it's, it, it's, it's hard to be firing on all cylinders when you're in the trenches and, you, and you're really die, digging in deep. To me, that's okay. You know, as long as like, you're still, you're still maintaining, like you're still hitting the gym, right? You can make, you can make an hour gym, like relationship wise, like maybe you're not going out and being super Mr. Social all the time and, and having lunch dates with your friends every day, but you're still maintaining some of that. There's still that element and you're proactively scheduling, having real live human interaction with friends and family members and things that matter. Um, you know, as, as long as it's on the radar and they're not, it's not completely going away to me, it's okay to go a little bit more into one area for a little while, especially if you feel like you're lacking in that. And that's an area you want to focus on and grow. Like it's, it's hard to do them all equally all the time. Right. So it, to me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's a, that piece, the thing that comes to mind is the, the grace piece, you know, and, and being okay with dedicating a little more towards one or a little less towards the other. I have those days, you know, with my girlfriend at the end of the, when we have busy schedules and we don't get a ton of time to, to spend with each other, as long as the time that we spend with each other is quality. And it goes to the same thing with myself, the time that I spend with myself, is it quality? And we have, it sounds structured, but it's very, very powerful and works for us where we go over our daily wins. So we talk about yeah. what was our win or our wins for the day that we want to recognize ourselves for. And then we share that with each other. We do this every night, we sit at the table every night together, no cell phones, no technology, right. no nothing, just the two of us. And that feels really good because there's also that confirmation, the affirmation, like, wow, I did do a good job. There's that recognition. So boost that, that confidence in yourself to go and execute the next day. And I think that's so important because we as a society really beat ourselves up when we're not spread on all of those things. And every day we've got to do exactly these five things to get forward. And it's like, not necessarily. You're going right. to drain yourself. You're going to drown yourself if that's the case. I mean, what you're describing is is so key. And, you know, the app, you're, to me, I'm hearing accountability. So whether you guys are realizing it or not, you're holding each other accountable because in the back of your mind, subconsciously, both of you, it's like, you know, you're going to be meeting with each other. You know that you like to talk about the wins. Um, and so you're like, okay, well, let's, let's get a win here. Right. And your, your, your mind's kind of working. You're, you're actually, it's working for you, whether you're even thinking about it or not, because there's, a, and to me, accountability is a huge part of, of, and, and it's what's lacking. It's what the app is going to help people do um, in terms of like, you check in with it in the morning, you check in at night. And if you don't check in, then you, you actually lose momentum. You, you fall back down to the previous planet and you know, you're not gonna be able to get into the, the next galaxy solar system that you're trying to get to. And so it's like, and build up your ship. You've got to have some, there needs to be some sort of method as humans. It's just, there's too much going on in this day and age to not have some sort of like, Hey, let's shine a spotlight on our day. Let's see how we did. 
right? Let's reflect. Like what, what, what was good? What was maybe not so good? So part of my, I actually have that in the, at the end of the day, you, you, you great, you kind of rate yourself, like how you did overall, like you have the habits that you're working on in each of your courses, and you rate yourself on how you did and you give yourself a momentum score. And then the very last thing you do is you say, what was the biggest win for the day? And what was the biggest loss? And I think it's important to have the loss too, because it forces you to sort of say, okay, what did I, what, okay, how can I learn from that? How can I grow, pivot, become bigger, better, faster, stronger, smarter next time and make sure that's not a loss, but I turn that into a win moving forward. That is so key on the recognition on what didn't go so well. So aside from what I do with my girlfriend, I have a 30 minute reminder on my calendar every single day where I get to reflect with myself what went really well, what didn't go so well, and what can I change tomorrow so that that doesn't become a habit at scale. And I, there's a fine line for people that we talk about balance again, find balance between not judging yourself on those mistakes. The point of recognizing, recognizing that, that quote unquote mistake or the path that didn't go as ideal as you thought it should go or whatever label you want to put on it is not to sit there and beat yourself up about it. It's the recognition that it happened and that you're seeing the opportunity side of it rather than the negative side of it. Like you recognize it, you own it, but you know that you have tomorrow tomorrow to change it, to improve on it. And that goes back to your point on if we're not growing, we're dying. Well, how do you understand if you're growing? Well, you need to look and reflect. reflect. Maybe it's not every day, but maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's every other day, whatever. And and that's the other thing. We, We try to put everything into like this perfect system all the time. Everybody operates so different. That's the thing about all these courses too. It's like, oh, this, this, this five thing that will get you here or do this. And it's like, everybody is so different with so many different variables it's impossible to say that this one thing is going to get you there. That's why I like your system around these five different pillars and cylinders because you get to operate differently within those frameworks that fits your life and your style and your behaviors. That's exactly right. And we're all different. We're all born, you know, with different brains from different backgrounds from different and it's sort of like you need to going back to what you're talking about with atomic habits James Clear, figure out how to reduce the friction for you. What might reduce the friction for me, those nuts and, and the fruit, you know what, maybe for, for somebody else, it's, it's, you know, uh, mango chips and, you know, pointed, like we all have different tastes. We all have different, and it's like this day and age, there's no excuses. There's so much out there and there's so many ways to be able to tailor and custom things. Like even working out, like that gamifying working out, Peloton has mastered gamifying workout, right? They've reduced the friction. It's in your house. You don't have, now it's not like you go, oh, I don't want to drive to the gym, right? It's right there. They've got video screens. They've got the competitive aspect that makes it like, well, I'm competing against, which people love. It drives that, that, that inner motivation. Like they're doing a superb job. And to me, that's, that's the whole point is like gamifying your life and figuring out these ways to trick your brain into taking the actions that are going to make you happier. Because left to your own devices and not paying attention and not looking at that 10,000 foot view and, and being aware, like we were just saying, you, we tend to just go with our, our lower self and, and grab that low hanging fruit that's, that's all around us. And those lead to those failure habits that make us less and less happy. We build less and less momentum. 
we, we get less, we're, we're moving less and less as we just talked about earlier. That's the key to happiness. In my opinion, you gotta be moving, you gotta be growing. And so, yeah, I mean, that's it. I love the gamification piece in someone's life. I mean, it's becoming so popular in apps. I just saw a new app investor. Um, I believe that it's called, and I think it's, I, it's not spelt out. I don't remember how the apps, you know, you kind of run out of names and URL addresses, but look up investor, I think is the name of the app and it's very shortened. I think it might be IVSTR or something like that, Okay. but what they've basically done is they've gamified investing, which I, you know, people could argue after this podcast and say, well, Robin hood did that. It's like, yeah, they did. They got the younger millennial generation to that already had their wallets strapped to go out and invest more and turn, turn it into gamification. But what investors doing, which is very, very fascinating is gamifying the education piece of investing. And so you can invest directly on the app from my understanding, but it's also gamifying the education piece to become a more educated investor and make better investment decisions. And I think that's important when the friction's there, if you can gamify something and make it fun and enjoyable, well, then of course, everybody's going to do it because it feels like playing laser tag or football or whatever, you know, gets you excited. And so the gamification piece, I think around mindset is important because there's so many things out there that you can do that are just a layer of work on top of all of these things. But when you can make it enjoyable and fun for those that struggle to burst through that layer, there's, there's a huge opportunity for happiness and success and perpetuity off of something like that. So I think that's very interesting. And we'll, I think you're onto something and please let me know when you do release set up because i do want to share it with people and uh even with this audience absolutely i will yeah and if you go on my website um there's there's gamify your life tab more momentum m-o-o-r-e like my last name momentum.com there's a gamify your life tab and then there's an app tab on that you click on that and you can pre-register for the app so you'll be notified when the beta comes up uh will very very grateful for you to share this time with us today super yeah well scott i really appreciate you having me on you asked great questions and and we had a real stimulating conversation i got a lot out of this one um i don't always so thank you very much this was awesome i loved it thanks for listening to the motivated mind with your host scott lynch i hope you enjoyed our deep dive into becoming addicted to living your best life with will moore if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from me you can follow me on instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on facebook at the motivated mind podcast don't forget to join me next week for another episode. I love you all and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a mindset production.